Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The mountains are calling and I must go. John Muir. So people are still like kind of skeptical when we say that we're into mountaineering or into biking and even like in the gear you still see it like it's mostly unisex or men's stuff and I feel like we have to do it we have to do it we can't listen to those people's voice we need to do what we think is the best and even if it's hard we need to keep pushing because that's how we're going to make the biggest impact and eventually have things that are made for us and it will be normal i'm doc and this is the john freaking mirror pod Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, help us out. Take just a minute. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest. I am very happy to welcome to the John Freaking Your Pod a neighbor to our north. A couple of weeks ago, we interviewed a neighbor to our south. Now we're heading to the north. Hailing from Quebec, Canada, we have Melanie Boyvin with us this week. How's it going, Melanie? I'm doing really good. How about you? 
Fantastic. It's, it's uh, we're recording on a Friday night, so it's the end of the week. Everything is good. Awesome. <laughs> now, Melanie, we, we go strictly by trail names here on the podcast, so I'm, I'm hoping that you picked up a trail name along the way somewhere. I have. I will go with my trail name from the Colorado Trail. So my trail name was Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. Yep. Okay. That is a, that's a mouthful. That's, that's uh, you know, three syllables. If yeah. there was an emergency on the trail, did they ever shorten it to something less than that? Uh, they haven't, but I'm sure they would shorten it to Sonic. <laughs> Sonic, not Boom. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> okay. All right. Sonic Boom. I love it. I have to hear the, the story behind the trail name. How did you get that, that trail name? Uh, so I did not have a trail name until almost the end of the Colorado Trail. Um, I decided to have a new trail name on that trail. So um, I don't know. I, ju- I wasn't hanging out long enough with people, I guess, <laughs> until this one guy, his name was Glowworm. Uh, he was completely dressed in orange all the time. You could see him from miles away. Um, and I kept passing him and I got into um, Lake City earlier, a day earlier than him. So um, he thought I wasn't going to make it. I hiked a 28 mile day that day because I really want to have, I really wanted some ice cream and hot food. So I hiked really fast. And when he got to the hostel that day, he said, oh my God, how did you make it here? You must be like a sonic boom. And then from then on, everybody kind of decided that was going to be my trail name. Fantastic. So. <laughs> 20, 28 mile day. So you can be assured of getting ice cream. That's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted it. <laughs> now, did you have a previous trail name from, from the, uh, is it the PCT back in 2019? Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the PCT, my trail name was Maple Gonzalez. Um, they wanted to call me Speedy Gonzalez, because I hike really fast and I'm really short. So my legs go really fast when I hike. Um, but it was too like mainstream. So they decided to change the Speedy for the Maple because I'm Canadian and I say sorry a lot. So <laughs> it was uh, Maple Gonzalez on the PCT. Well, wow, if I thought Sonic Boom was a lot of syllables, Maple <laughs> Gonzalez, that, uh, that, that really puts that to shame. So yeah, <laughs> Maple is short. <laughs> <It's easier. laughs> okay. Hey, have you, uh, have you listened to the podcast before? Uh, I have, um, but a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember which episode or episodes? I do not remember. It was while I was hiking. I listened to a lot of podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I was only asking. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to pin you down or anything. I just want to make sure that you're aware <laughs> that we have a segment towards the end of the episode called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And okay. that's where I will turn to you. And I will say, Sonic, what is your pro tip insight of the week? What, what uh, bit of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? So don't okay. be surprised when we get there. No worries. Okay. All right. Don't <laughs> apologize. No more apologies. Okay. I promise. <laughs> okay. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, outdoor vitals. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Mm -hmm. Sonic, what is your must bring piece of gear? Um, in my backpack. Could be in your backpack, could be on your feet. 
Okay. Uh, There's a lot of things that I bring. (laughs) I like luxury items. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So um, I would say one of my must bring is the GSI um, food scraper. So it's like a little plastic scraper that has a silicone edge that's made to scrape your pots. So it actually keeps your stuff way cleaner that way. And it's really nice to have all that like leftover cheese from your mac and cheese at the end of the meal without having to water it down with water. So that would definitely be one of my absolute go-to. I always have it. And I've actually made a lot of people buy one because they're always jealous. (laughs) I have to be honest, Sonic. This is the first time in 120 so episodes that I have heard a food scraper as the must bring piece of gear. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) You are already unique. Yay. (laughs) Now question with the food scraper, are you scraping it out of the, out of the pan or the pot and discarding it? Or is it going into your mouth? Oh, it's going in my belly directly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what I figured. I just wanted to clarify though. <laughs> you can't throw away calories, you know? <laughs> that's right. How many, how much does that weigh? The food scraper? How many ounces? Uh, I actually have it pulled out. I figured you might. Yeah. Uh, it's 0.04 pounds. I don't know if there's grams somewhere. <laughs> 0. 0.04 pounds. Yeah. That doesn't sound like too much. No. And it's like, it's $4, uh, 95 cents us. So it's pretty cheap too. It's like, wow. all right. For our listeners out there who are looking for luxury items and must bring pieces of gear, that's probably one of the, the more affordable, um, items that you're going to hear about. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Okay. And you said that you have a, a penchant for luxury items. What other luxury items might one find in your bag? Uh, I definitely have camp shoes. Uh, well, I have like zero sandals. So I really like having my feet out and not wearing shoes, uh, socks at camp. So for me, those are really important. And they were also useful when I wanted to do river crossing, um, on the PCT, I would switch for those for that, like for a certain period in the day. So my feet wouldn't stay super wet. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, <laughs> my pack wasn't the lightest. <laughs> but, that's going to be, that's going to be a follow-up question. How, how much was the, the pack? But let's talk about okay. luxury items. What else do you have? Um, I would also, on the Colorado Trail, I decided to bring a fanny pack. That was a life, life changer. It was awesome. I had all my snacks in there. Um, yeah, it's very convenient when you get the food right there in the fanny pack. Oh, it's crazy. It's yes. amazing. <laughs> And then uh, what else did I bring? That would be chair or, chair or no chair. Uh, no chair. I had like a really thin sit pad that I okay. used. It used to be one of my trail family members sleeping pad on the PCT. And we cut it to like make five little squares for everybody in the trail family. And it's like really, really thin, but I still have it. And I love it. Yeah. I was, I was hiking this summer with a friend named Yahtzee. And he had a sit pad and I made fun of him because I, I called him bougie for having a, a sit pad, but I borrowed it a couple of times. It's, it is, it's plush. That's, that is, that is nice sitting. Yeah. It's yeah. great. <laughs> yep. I'm going to have to go get one. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. So let's find out what, 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 what was your base weight on, um, the, col- my- on the Colorado trail? And did it differ much from the, your PCT trip? 
Uh, okay, so on the Colorado, Colorado Trail, I had to change my pack um, maybe 150 miles in. So I don't know what my official base weight was. I know it was lighter than on the PCT because obviously I got rid of some things. Um, and I also changed my sleeping pad on the Colorado Trail. Uh, but on the PCT, my base weight was 16 pounds. 16. Yeah. Okay. And are you a tent or a tarp kind of girl? A hundred percent tent. hundred percent tent. You want, want to get yeah. away from the, from the, from the bugs. Oh yeah, I do. Okay. And is it a one person or a two person tent? Uh, I have the Nemo Hornet, the two person mm-hmm. version. I okay. really like the vestibules and the space it offers. You like to spread out a little bit. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Smart, smart. And how about your sleep system? I heard you, you said sleeping pad. What kind, is it a foam pad or is it a, is it inflatable? Uh, I have a inflatable um, Thermarest, the Uberlite. So that was my big change. I used to have the X-Term for the PCT and I bought the Uberlite for the Colorado Trail. And I really, really liked it. It was so small. <laughs> okay. And, and sleeping bag or quilt? A sleeping bag. Okay. And- yeah. What, uh, all kinds of tangents here, down or synthetic? And, and what was the temperature rating? Uh, okay. So I had a down sleeping bag and it was a, I have to check cause I don't remember what it is in Fahrenheit. It's 20 Fahrenheit. 20 Fahrenheit. You, you yeah. are, you are in the, uh, the, the metric system with, with, uh, Celsius. Yeah. It was a minus seven. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And then, uh, your pack, what kind of pack did you, did you bring? So on the PCT, I had a Gregory uh, backpack. Um, it was okay, but my shoulder straps started um, on sewing. So we kind of patched it up on the Colorado Trail, but it was going to fall apart. So my friend actually sent me her backpack from the PCT, was, which was a Gossamer Gear uh, Mariposa. So that's what I finished the trail with. And which did you prefer? Uh, I don't think I have a favorite. I wouldn't go with any of those two for my next trip. Um, but I think I would kind of go towards the Mariposa if I had to choose, because the weight kind of stayed in the same, like it stayed the same throughout the day as like the Gregory one, the weight would sometimes shift and like things would call it kind of like slide down my pack. So Got it. What now you say in, in the future you don't plan on using either one of those? What were they lacking? What are you looking for in a pack? Uh, I'm looking for something that's comfortable, especially on my shoulders um, and my lower back. So I tend to get some chafing in those areas. So the Gregory would give give me some on my shoulders, and the Gossamer Gear gave me some in my lower back. So I really just want something that doesn't make my skin really red and burn me. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, much what I want. I think that sounds like probably you need a, a huge fanny pack. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Because you're going you're, you're to have weight on your shoulders in anyway. So yeah, <laughs> just, I can just see you with this massive fanny pack carrying, carrying everything in there. Yeah. I would probably get some shaping on my hips then. <laughs> you might, you might. Yes. All right. Hey, let's, let's back up a little bit uh, and talk about your background, where you grew up, what kinds of activities were you involved in as a kid? And did that include the outdoor experience? And how did you get involved in, in through hiking? So that's a, that's a big question right there. But really, we want to hear your, your background and how you, you came to be a through hiker. 
Okay. Well, as a kid, um, I grew with like two younger brothers. I grew up in a suburb of Montreal. Um, we, my family wasn't really into backcountry activities, but we were always like pushed to play outside. So I've always like been outside at my grandpa's cottage playing in the woods and stuff like that. Um, but my family is more like a artistic family. So my brothers are really into music. Uh, I used to be really into music too. And as I grew older, I was really interested in uh, rock climbing and I got into rock climbing and then I got hired at MEC, which is like a REI, but in Canada. And I just started doing activities that I haven't tried before. So going hiking, going backpacking, canoeing. And I really fell in love with like the hiking world in the backcountry and setting up my tent and being alone. And I really wanted to push that um, even more. And one of my friends from MEC uh, told me about the PCT uh, and she wanted us to hike it together. And from the moment I looked it up online, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. <laughs> I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> Okay. So there's a lot to unpack right there. I've, I've got a lot of questions just from that little, that little introduction to yourself there. Um, <laughs> first of all, in, in you was, it was a suburb of Montreal. Yeah. So okay. I and live on the South shore of Montreal. Okay. And is, is that adjacent to a lot of outdoor activity type areas or do you have to do a, a bit of driving to get, get to the outdoors? Uh, you have to do around 45 minutes to an hour of driving to get in like, what <laughs> like mountains around here okay yeah okay now you said you had two brothers where are you in the birth order are you the oldest youngest or in the middle uh i'm the oldest so i have two two younger brothers two younger brothers and are yeah. they i know they're artistic um are they also involved in the outdoors in terms uh, of canoeing hiking climbing um, my middle brother is really good at music. So he kind of stayed in that sphere. Uh, okay. My younger brother just recently started getting into hiking. So I've been bringing him, I brought him last winter to do a winter hike and he really liked it. And I'm trying to convince him he should hike the PCT. Um, but he's like a big sports, um, like team sport player. So he plays soccer and hockey um, and just is starting to tip his toes, dip his toes in the outdoors world. Got it. We always, we, we always need more converts. So any, any work you can do to get somebody else out there, that's, that's a plus. Totally. <laughs> and you were, you said you were also involved in music, what singing, playing an instrument. What, what did you do? Uh, I used to play violin in high school. I was part of a high school orchestra. Um, and as I grew older, I kind of played a little less violin. I, right after the PCT started playing ukulele and I also sing, so. Okay. <laughs> Maybe after our first break, we can get you to break out the ukulele and sing us something. Oh my <laughs> Beer would have to be involved for that. <laughs> okay. Maybe, well, maybe beer too then. Okay. All right. And then you mentioned uh, your friend telling you about the PCT. And this is a moment that I love to explore because uh, I remember when I, when I first heard about the long trails and I didn't know they existed. And it, it was just, it just blew my mind that there was an actual hiking path from Mexico to Canada. Didn't know, had no idea that that even existed. And so I want to get your reaction when your friend told you about this and you looked it up. I mean, what, what did you think about this? What was your reaction? Um, I think the 
first thing I saw was like the pictures of the landscape. And I was like, whoa, where is this? I have to learn more about this. And when I saw how long it was, it was like such a big number. My brain kind of did not understand how someone could do that. And I was like, I need to see if I can do it. So, and yeah, it was really more for the landscape that I got like hooked. Um, and then the distance was kind of a really nice challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too. So it was really that. And then I started doing a lot more research in different trails and I realized there was like a ton everywhere that nobody knows about. And they're all so beautiful and all unique. And I'm a through hiker now. <laughs> Sounds like you, you, you are, you are not finished. You've got a lot more left to do. Oh Yes. <laughs> And any, any doubt, any self-doubt about being able to do 2,600 miles? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually wasn't able to complete the PCT because I broke my foot. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that was like a big reality check for me because mm-hmm. when I left, I was like leaving and I wanted to complete it and I wanted to come back home and be like, I did it. Like I was able to do it. Um but I came back home and I did not complete it. So I was like, oh. Okay, we'll, we'll explore that a little bit. <laughs> we'll explore that a little bit later. Okay. We'll get the, we'll get the full story there. Okay. Cool. Um, one thing I wanted to also ask you about, because as an American, I'm, I'm curious, Canada has uh, English speaking territories and it also has territories that are, are provinces that, that are French speaking. Yeah. Uh, right. And Quebec is, is a, a French speaking um, ter- uh, province. Am I, so am, I, I, am I getting that correct? Yeah, it's a province, totally. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and, and so that that is that is interesting to me that you have that that Quebec has its own uh, culture that is distinctly different than other parts of Canada. And how how does how did that impact you? I know that you expressed some uh, doubt about coming on the podcast because your native your first language is French, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And you speak, you speak wonderful English, by the way, you had nothing to worry about. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so tell, tell us what it means to be a French Canadian. Um, French Canadians are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really, it's what it means to be French Canadian. Um, well, first of all, I had the chance of growing up with two languages. So as a kid, I learned both French and English. I did my entire education in French. Um, we have a very strong culture here in Quebec. Um, it's pretty much different from the rest of Canada. So we have a lot of like, kind of hard to explain. <laughs> you kind of have to experience it to really uh, understand everything. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 just awesome we have a lot of like um um how could i say that see sometimes so, i have so like words I don't that's know. okay so if i'm if i'm from british columbia and i go to yeah. quebec what what am i what, what is going to strike me as oh my gosh what's going on here what, what am i gonna what are the big differences um so people are very very friendly in quebec uh we like having big family parties a lot of people um and we like have we have like traditional music also in Quebec it's slowly not as like kind of dying it's not as popular as it used to be but there's a lot of um music groups that are trying to keep that alive so that's something that's really cool so they're like jigs Mm -hmm. um they're really 
awesome. They have fiddle and a bunch of instruments. So that's kind of special. Then obviously the language is completely different as well. Right. Um, and I think it's like all of the history. If you come to Montreal or Quebec City, it's all old buildings. It kind of feels like um, you would be in Europe, basically, uh, especially like in the old parts of the cities. Uh, it's yeah, it's really nice. Okay. <laughs> is the is the cuisine any different? Because mm, cuisine is not that different. We have um, a couple of food that we make here like poutine is <laughs> from quebec i don't know if you're familiar with poutine i am not what is that oh <laughs> poutine is the thing you want to eat when you had a night out at three in the morning so <laughs> poutine, how, do you, how, do you, how do you spell that p-o-u-t-i-n-e okay i'm gonna look that up you should it's um fries and then it's a gravy and uh, cheese curds and it's amazing. <laughs> well, gravy, you're speaking my language. Yeah. It's got gravy on it. Sign me up. You'll love it. You should okay. really try it. But you need to try it in Quebec, though, because it's, it's not as good anywhere else. Okay. Do you think DoorDash <laughs> delivers from Quebec? I'm not sure it's going to be really hot once you get yeah, it, though. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Hey, Sonic, what do you do to pay the bills? How do you finance your trips? What, do you have a career going right now? Uh, so I started studied to become a architecture technician. So I worked in, well, I was finishing my last year of uh, studies. Um, I was also working in a architecture co-op. So that was like my main income. Uh, but I also had other side hustles. So I usually line up like two, three jobs at the same time to be able to kind of afford my trips. So um, I did some uber eats delivery uh i also build some yurts on the weekends <laughs> and then i also did other side gigs like um i did for napa auto parts i did some tutorials on car mechanic and then <laughs> i also was a kind of a ski instructor for a or a non-profit here and yeah i just have a bunch of side hustles. I was recently cleaning lakes for six weeks, which was great. <laughs> okay. Wow. But hang on a second. Uh, you have got a lot of different skills, a lot of different yeah. skill sets there. <laughs> Tell me about yurt building. What are you building your yurts for? Or who are you, who are you building them for? So I was building them for a summer camp. So they were trying to offer more services for the people, the population around that um, summer camp. So we were building some yurts on their property. And I was kind of like, I was hired by the camp, but working for a, a company um, that built yurts around Quebec. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> what kind of automotive skills do you have? What kind of lessons were you, were you uh, recording for, for Napa? Uh, so I did uh, how to change your brakes, how to change. It was like all basic car mechanics. So uh, changing your light bulbs, uh, air filter, oil change, um, stuff like that. Okay. Really <laughs> wow. Ski instructor? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like, I ta thought, uh, yeah, taught kids that were like between four and eight how to ski. And I also did some 
activities in school to teach kids basic skills to learn how to snowboard as well. Okay. Big, so. big snowboarding and skiing population in Quebec. Yes. Yes. I we bet. ski ice, but <laughs> it's still nice. <laughs> and how do you clean a lake? I've cleaned uh, a pool. I've, I've cleaned plenty of pools in my time, but how do you clean a lake? It's kind of similar. We have, we use uh, you have a big skim net that you just. Uh... Sometimes we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we use boats and we kind of travel on the lake and then we have like kind of special rakes that we use to uh, catch the seaweeds that are floating on top. Sometimes we have to wet, uh, wear wetters and we just walk through the really swampy waters and kind of push the seaweeds with our arms. It's a. Uh, it's a little dirty job, but it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, your resume is quite impressive. If anybody out there is looking for an employee who can build yurts, uh, change brakes, clean lakes, and teach people how to snow and ski board, uh, <laughs> ski board, ski and snowboard, uh, Sonic is your person. Yeah, I think so. I can also, I was a snowmaker as well. So of course you were. I can yes. do everything. <laughs> wow. Did any of those skills uh, carry through and help on the trail? Um, that's a good question. I feel like, like most of those jobs came after the trail. So I feel like the trail kind of made me tough enough to do all those physical jobs. Oh, that, that's a question that's coming up. What did the trail teach you? So I I, I see it it toughened you up. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Hey, what did your family think when you said, Hey, I'm going to do the PCT. I'm going to hike from Mexico to Canada. What, did you, what was the reaction of your brothers, your parents? Did they think you were crazy? Did they support you in this uh, adventure? How did um, that go? Everybody was really supportive. I know my parents were um, scared as well. Um, they were scared I wasn't going to come back. <laughs> so <laughs> they, but they mostly were supportive. They were really interested in what it was and they would be really happy to listen to me talk about it because obviously when you're planning a through hike, you're it's like your main conversation mm-hmm. subject, right? So they would be there and they were really supported the entire thing. And also when I was on trail, they were also my kind of my middleman and would like um, give news to like my people out here to tell them what, how it was going and where I was and everything, all the good things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I know the answer to this question because I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of long, long trailers, talked to, um, and, and I've experienced being out on the trail, but was there any fear on your part or on the part of your family that you are a young lady out on the trail in the middle of the wilderness? Were they, were they scared that you might run into uh, bad elements out there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think most of the fear my parents had was that, um, especially my dad. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> uh, but a, one good way I had to reassure them was to have a in-reach mini. So I would give them my GPS location every night um, to kind of ease their mind and uh, make them sleep better at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you ever run into any bad apples out there? People who are of questionable character that you thought, oh my gosh, this guy's kind of scary. Uh, yes, but it wasn't on the trail. Um, it was hitchhiking um, to Julian on the PCT. I had a pretty mm-hmm. bad hitchhike experience, but mm. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's typically what I hear from, from uh, folks out there that the people on the trail, the through hikers 
very good crowd, very supportive, give you the shirt off their backs, whatever you need, you know, even if, even if they don't know you, I mean, they're, they're very helpful mm-hmm. and positive in that way. And that the, the problems you run into are, are with the hitches or with the town people. Totally. Exactly. It's, yeah. I think it's pretty much it. <laughs> now you and I, we exchanged some communications prior to the episode. And I know that you, you let on that there were some uh, mental health issues um, some anxiety, some depression. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in that because I, I have a, a theory about the trail that the trail is um, transformative. It, it really, you go onto the trail in one state of mind and you come out uh, a changed person. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you wouldn't mind, I, I think our listeners would, would be interested to hear about, you know, how you were uh, prior to the trail and how you were feeling and, the, and, and what kind of impact the trail had on you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will gladly share that with you. Um, so my entire like teenage years, you know, like you're kind of searching for who you are and everything. Uh, I also had a lot of like depression, uh, intertwined with that. And I had really low self esteem. Um, a lot of like environmental factors kind of played into that as well. Um, And prior to hitting the PCT in 2019, uh, I was, I also had a lot of anxiety, but back then I wasn't aware that it was anxiety. So it would kind of like stop me to start, start, even start new projects. I would just freeze as soon as it would be like too big for me to like imagine any kind of way to make it possible. I would freeze and not do it because I'm a little bit perfectionist and I need to make things right the first time. So, um, yeah, so I had like really kind of low moments in my life prior to through hiking. And when I started playing in the outdoors a little bit more, I kind of um, gained self-confidence as I went. And uh, hiking the PCT for me was really like a big uh, change. So it really allowed me to kind of discover who I really was and all my potential that I had. I always knew I had, but also... Um, I was able after that to really voice it and be able to talk about who I am and be me on a daily daily basis without being scared of judgment. And it really just helped. I don't know, like if it helped my entire brain to rewire, but, (laughs) um, it, I, I just see life differently now. It's, it really changed a lot of how my brain kind of works on a daily basis Um, I struggled with anxiety last year as well, but I knew that hiking for me was kind of an escape route that I could like regroup, refocus on myself, um, kind of let things cool down. And then I was able to like fight whatever was causing anxiety. Um, So I would escape in the woods every weekend to kind of ground myself again. And I made it through. (laughs) Very good. What, what is it, do you think, about hiking and being out in the middle of nowhere? Um, what, what characteristics um, impact you that way? Is it, is it the fact that you're just in your head so much by yourself and all, you, you got all, all the time in the world to think and you're just you're thinking? Or is it that you're, you have a simplified routine out there? You are just you're doing the same thing every day. You are breaking. You're getting up. You're breaking camp. You're hiking. You are setting up camp and going to sleep. I mean, it's a very uh, consistent routine out there. I mean, what, yeah. what, what about this whole experience do you think is so beneficial uh, to mental health out there? 
Um, I think that a first thing is having like a goal that you work on every day. And it's a very simple, well, it's a simple goal, but it's still hard to like get there. Mm -hmm. But the entire routines that that comes with it is pretty easy. And then for me, what really kind of like, I think helped me was having that all that time to think and all that time to really live my emotions and really um, digest everything that was going on with my mind and really like reconnect with how I felt inside. And all of that was really healing. And then also the exchange I would have with people on trail. So learning about people's experience, learning how they dealt with it. And uh, all those exchanges are really beneficial as well uh, for healing, I think, because people are so open and they're so genuine and conversations are so raw. Like, I mean, you, you probably know how uh, good conversations can be on trail. Um, so all of those factors are, according to me, all like really big elements in how trails are life changing and how they help with mental health. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I've heard I've talked to a number of people on the podcast here, and we, we talk about the conversations, just like you're saying. You, know, you have complete strangers. You guys have known each other for maybe five minutes, and you're telling, you know, deep dark secrets or or, or things that have really made an impact on your life, things that you wouldn't share necessarily at your workplace or at uh, maybe a family gathering, but here you are talking to a stranger and, and, and sharing those moments. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't have a filter when on, you're on trail, you get to experience life to its like most simple form. And you also get to experience yourself to the simplest form. So you, you don't have to like show off to anyone. You don't have to like prove to anyone you're anything like you're just you, you're just raw. You're just, your emotions, your, your thoughts, and people just accept it and are there for you and supportive. And it's awesome. And I think the trail is a bit of an equalizer as well. Everybody out there is on the, you know, the same path. I mean, they're, they're the, the trail doesn't care if you're a multimillionaire mm-hmm. uh, who is, has just retired, or if, if you are, you know, just finding your way in life, or if you're coming back from uh, fighting in Afghanistan, I mean, it, it you, it's, it, it kind of puts everybody on the same level. Yeah, totally. You're just a hiker. You're just walking to Canada or walking to Durango or walking to wherever you all have the same goal. Yep. Well said. Well said. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of Sonic's experience on the PCT, find out why it ended early and what her, what her other experiences out there have been. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Muir Pod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, 
the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor, live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Sonic. Heard a little bit about her past. Now we're going to get into the, the actual PCT hike. Now, before you, you started on the trail, what kind of, how much research and prep did you do? Um, I did a little bit of prep. I don't think I was the most prepared hiker out there. Um, I did do a lot of research about the gear I was purchasing because I worked at an outdoors star- store and I was always surrounded with gear. So I was, first of all, really interested in all the facts and stuff. So I did a lot of research in that, making sure I had what I could buy that was like the best for me. And then as well, as far as the trail goes, um, I read the, um, there's a book that's for like, more like the mental preparation for the trail. Um, the title kind of can't think about Okay. The title is right now. If you think Um, of it, just, just blurt it out anytime during the episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Uh, So I did read that book uh, and then I downloaded gut hook and that was pretty much my preparation. That was it, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And had you done much uh, backpacking prior to starting off at the, at the border? Uh, So I really started hiking and backpacking on in the summer of 2018. So the year prior to Mm -hmm. the PCT. Um, I had the chance to do like maybe a night or two in the outdoors, but never more than that. And then started the PCT. <laughs> so just a night or two. So that, yeah. that was your longest backpacking experience. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's like somebody who's done a couple of laps in their pool and they decide they're going to swim the English channel. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. Okay. All right. So you start out down at, uh, Campo. Mm-hmm. And what are your initial impressions as you, as you head out? Are you, are you with a group? Or are you pretty much by yourself? Uh, so I started hiking the PCT with my best friend, Marie. Uh, she was hiking with me for the first 10 days. Um, so that was really great. 
I started. And is that um, all she signed up for was for 10 days or was she going to yes. type the whole thing with you? No, she was only doing 10 days because she was tree planting in British Columbia that summer. Okay. So she had to leave um, to go work. But it was really good to have my best friend by my side in the beginning. Um, the first day of the PCT, I was really, 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 really excited because it was kind for me of a new chapter in my life. So it wasn't even a chapter. It was like an entire book I was rewriting. So it was the beginning of like uh, the person I've always wanted to be. So being more adventurous and really embracing everything that life throws at me. So it was on my 25th birthday, I started the morning, I turned 25 and I was, I was excited to write this new book and I was surrounded with really amazing people that I met at Scout and Frodo because I stayed there for two nights prior to the PCT. Nice. And- you should go back and listen to, uh, I think it was episode 48 of season one. Uh, I think it was uh, the Scout episode. He, Barney, Barney Scout Man came on the podcast and talked about his book, Journeys North, which is just phenomenal if you haven't read it. I started reading it. It's awesome. It is, yeah. <laughs> also, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No worries. <laughs> yeah, so I had bought a champagne bottle for the terminus to pop a bottle at the beginning of the trail. And I was really, 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 really excited. And then we started hiking and I was a goofball and we were singing and it was awesome. And for the first night on trail, they had packed me out a little cupcake and they sang me a happy birthday. And it was awesome. It was more than I could ever imagine. And I was so excited for the rest of the adventure. Okay. Now, 2019, big snow year? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's what I seem to remember. (laughs) Yeah. And I started early too. So it was pretty bad when we got to the Sierras. Okay. So I, mean, I know people typically try and not enter the Sierras until at least June 15th. When did you hit the Sierras that year? I hit the Sierras on May 16th. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, I think I talked to uh, Ginger Balls who did the PCT in 2019. And he actually ended up with, I think, frostbite, a case of frostbite on his feet. Yes, I do know ginger balls. Do you? Okay. I've met on the PCT. No yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> what'd you think? Of, what'd you think of ginger balls? He's been on the podcast twice. He is hilarious. He is funny. He's a, he's a, his stories are really good. He's a great guy. He's super positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked hanging out with him. I didn't get to hang out a bunch with him, but we had really good times every time he spoke. So yeah, he's got a, a hilarious, it's hilarious to me. He's got a funny, funny story that really strikes me as hilarious. He talks about, you know, he, the, the PCT, I think was his, was it the last of the three trails? Uh, um, his first trail, first long trail was the AT. And this is the yeah. funny story. He shows up, he's retired Navy, right? He shows up down at, at uh, Springer mountain and uh, he runs into scrapbook. Scrapbook is uh, a triple crowner. He was a triple crowner by the time he was 20 or 21. And the AT was his last, his last of the, of the three trails. And so wow. scrapbook is finishing his, his triple crown. Uh, Ginger balls is starting his, and they look at each other there at, at the, the beginning of the trail and ginger balls being Navy being overprepared. He's got three of everything. His pack is probably 60 pounds. He's got everything right. He, if something fails, he's got two, two spares to back it up. And he's <laughs> looking at scrapbook who is got, he's got like a, a 12 pound base weight and he's got it dialed in. 
not caring a whole lot. And, and he talks about the moment they're, they're looking at each other. And I've talked to both of them and they're both looking at each other and they're thinking, Oh, this guy's not going to make it. You know, they just, you know, just they're opposite. They, they both made it, but they both had different approaches and they're both at different parts of their, their hiking careers, but uh, just <laughs> really, really funny. And scrapbook and ginger balls are, I think they've just finished hiking the long trail in Vermont. So I'm going to have, have him come back on maybe with scrapbook and, and talk about that, that experience. Oh, that there. would be so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of follow his journey on the long trail, uh, on Instagram. So yeah, it looks, it looks cool, but it's, it's Vermud. It's a lot of mud. <laughs> Vermud. That's right. Yeah. Vermud. He also did the Hayduke trail. Any interest in doing the Hayduke trail? Uh, I haven't looked into it that much, so I can't really pronounce myself on that one. Okay. I started hearing the name lately, so I guess it's going to be the next uh, interesting trail that people talk about. <laughs> okay. All right. So you get to the Sierras, May 15th, May 16th, and what does that look like? Uh, snowy. <laughs> I got to Kennedy Meadow, and they just had like a really bad snowfall um, two days prior to our arrival so a bunch of hikers were kind of stuck there because everybody was a little scared to go out so people were kind of like hunkering down and getting ready for the worst so people were buying extra gear waiting for shipment to come in because we were all kind of freaking out with the weather um we actually my trail family and i we decided to uh take a break and do a two week break off trail to kind of let things mellow down and let the snow melt a little and we eventually kind of flip-flopped um we tried hiking <laughs> started hiking and um where was it south lake tahoe we started I don't remember the name of the entry point there, but it was as bad. So that was not a good idea. <laughs> and for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with the term, tell us what flip-flopping means. Uh, so flip-flopping is when you stop hiking. So you're hiking the trail, you stop in a town, and then you skip to another section. Um, and then you can skip back to the section where you stopped and skip forward again, and you kind of all over the place you eventually finish all the miles of the trail but you you didn't do it in like one continuous footpath so you you skip sections and came back to them later right and there may be environmental conditions that cause you to do that and there's there yeah. may be times where you're confronted by fire you've got to go around the fire and come back after the fire's out or high snow that's impassable exactly yeah got it. I could, yeah <laughs> um <Okay>. yeah <laughs> Okay, so you tried flip-flopping, you go up to, to South Tahoe, but that, that doesn't work out too well. So where does your journey take you then? Uh, my journey took me <laughs> to Nevada, Utah, and Arizona <laughs> at that point. So um, when I got to Tahoe, we had been like, I had been waiting out the weather there for like two weeks. I waited there. And then the day before we started back on trail, I actually decided to consult a doctor because my foot had been hurting since Big Bear. And turns out I had a stress fracture in my foot. So they gave me a boot, a boot and I was supposed to wear it all the time for five weeks. And I decided I would go back to the trail anyways, because he told me I could try and hike with it. So I started hiking in the snow. Um, and that was a really bad idea. <laughs> so I turned around the next day um, 
and waited for my trail family to come out in Truckee. And then everybody kind of flipped again or went on another trailcation to kind of wait for the snow to melt more. Trailcation. I like that. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> I've heard tramway. I haven't heard trailcation. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so exhausting. You know, you need vacation from the trail. That's right. <laughs> now, which foot, left or right? Uh, right foot. Right foot. And where where was the bone? Top of the foot? Yeah. So it yeah. was the fourth, I don't know if I say it properly, but metatarsal bone. That works for so, me. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it was, yeah, broken. <laughs> and did that cause you to leave the trail completely? Uh, it eventually did. At that point, I still wanted to continue hiking. So I kind yeah. of waited it out and I went on like my road trip. And then I started hiking again from... I have a really weird hiking story. I hiked from Chester all the way to um, Oregon. And then at that point, my foot was still hurting me. So I decided to fly back to Canada. I kind of called it quit at that moment. Um, and then I was missing trail so much in Canada. that I went back and hiked half of Washington State. Wow, you were, you were bound and determined to get hiking in. Yeah, <laughs> I really wanted to be out there. So the call, the call of the trail. Yeah, it was hard. It was a yeah. big call. <laughs> yeah. And so how many miles did you get in total? Uh, that's like, I haven't, I've never completely calculated everything. I know I did around like a thousand four thousand five hundred uh, miles roughly, but I haven't like really counted every single miles I did. Okay. So between 14, yeah. 1400 and 1500 miles Yeah. of the 2600. Yeah, exactly. And any desire to go back out and put your feet on every remaining part? Yeah, I want to start back from the beginning. <laughs> I was going to ask, are you going to do the whole thing uh, in one in one fell swoop, or are you going to just do the, the parts that you missed? Uh, my dream would really be to start from the beginning and do it all over again. Because okay. it's, yeah, the desert is amazing, and I want to do it completely. I want to have the full experience, you know? <laughs> right. Now, if, if this were possible, what would... What would Sonic, who has 1,500 miles of the PCT under her boots, first of all, boots or trail runners? Uh, trail runners. Under her trail runners. You've got, <laughs> you got Sonic with 1,500 miles under, under her, her trail runners. Um, what does she whisper in the ear to Sonic, who is just showing up to Campo after spending the night at Scout and Frodo's? Uh, I know we, like, we, people keep repeating it. Um, but I would tell myself to listen, first of all, to my body and how it feels and to remember to hike according to what my heart tells me to do, not to follow people. People are amazing. Trail family are amazing. But at the end of the day, it's your hike and you need to listen to yourself and really move accordingly. You'll always meet cool people. So, <laughs> Well, that almost sounds like a pro tip. You can't use that later. You got to come up with a new one. Oh, crap <laughs> <laughs> okay now you have done some additional hiking since the 2019 pct you've yeah. also had some time you mentioned earlier on the colorado trail also you, i think you did the timberline trail yeah i hiked the timberline trail last summer okay and tell us about the timberline trail 2020 um it was my first official backpacking trip that i was really going by myself um oh, solo. Was, okay. yeah so 
I mean, like on the PCT, I had my friend with me and then I met people and I was with a trail family like the entire time. Um, but the Timberline, I was really starting the Timberline by myself. I was initially supposed to hike southbound Washington State, the part that I hadn't hiked. And then last minute, I decided I was going to hike uh, the Timberline. Um, and it was beautiful. I do not regret my decision. I met so many amazing people on the trail. And it, I was kind of like, not searching for, I was kind of wanting an answer and affirmation. Um, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like, uh, like my career, I wasn't sure of like what, cause I'm going to be making a career change and mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if I should make it or not. And all the people I met on the Timberline trail, um, confirmed me that I really need to make, I needed to make that change. So it was awesome for that. And the scenery is great. It's a lot of um, interesting river crossings that you would not expect. I didn't think about that <laughs> when I started hiking the Timberline. And you also don't have gut hook for the Timberline. So that was a big difference because I had to use like maps. <laughs> Uh-oh, so, maps. <laughs> yeah. Old school. Exactly. Yeah. Now tell us about the Timberline Trail. What are some of the details? How, how long is the trail? Is it is it a, an out and back or is it one way? Is it circular? Um, it's a circular trail that goes mm -hmm. around Mount Hood. Yep. Um, for the mileage, I want to make sure I give you the correct mileage because uh, I somehow did not remember the mileage properly for that trail. <laughs> um, but you go around the foot of the volcano. Um, mm -hmm. So on Google, it says, sorry, I'm looking as I go. It's a 42 mile trek. So it's pretty, it's pretty short. Like it's a great, well, if you're a through hiker, it's a good weekend hike. Yeah. 28 mile days for you. I mean, you day and a half. What do you, what do you do the rest of the weekend? Uh, <laughs> I hiked from, uh, Timberline to, uh, Cascade Locks cause I hadn't hiked that section on the PCT. So I decided I would walk to Cascade to grab a bus and head back to Portland afterwards. Okay. And then also, <laughs> also in 2020, you did, you did some, uh, mountaineering as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, my new obsession. <laughs> okay. Tell us about that. Uh, so I had the chance to have a partner that was also a mountain guide. And I always wanted to hike those big mountains that look gnarly. And I got the chance to follow him and do those climbs. Uh, I did Mount Hood with him. Now, when you say partner, what do you mean by partner? Uh, I was in a relationship with a mountain guide. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Just to clarify, I didn't know if it was yeah, business no partner, relationship partner. Okay. No, no, no. Um, yeah. You, so, you, date a, you date a mountain guide and you go mountaineering. Yeah. That's what happens. Exactly. Yes. It's, a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for that. <laughs> so I did Mount Hood with him and then I climbed Mount Adams with a friend. Um, I was the person that was kind of leading that ascent. And then my ultimate goal of the summer was to climb Mount Rainier, which was amazing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now really I talked to, <laughs> I made reference to this at the beginning of the episode. We, we talked to um, Tars from Mexico about her PCT experience, as well as she has a high interest in mountaineering and she's done a lot of mountaineering as well. And so tell, tell me your impression. What is the, what is the main, what are the main differences between backpacking and mountaineering 
different equipment, different clothing, different skill sets? Yeah. Uh, so backpacking is a lot of, it's almost like the mental game is not the same when you're mountaineering and when you're backpacking. Um, so, you know, like you have like muscles that you use for like strength right away. And then you have muscles that you use for like long distance stuff, like marathons. And like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same for your mental state, I feel like. So when you're mountaineering, everything I've done so far was like a single day summit push. So I would like go all out. I would like be completely dead at the end of the day. So it was like really hard mentally because I had to give my everything and make it to the summit as of like when I was hiking through hiking, it was more like of a slow and steady mental thing. It was like always a little draining, but it was also really good. So it's, I would say it's like more on the mental side for me of how it feels. It's also like, uh, mountaineering is harder than through hiking, I think, um, because of the elevation gain you do in a really short amount of time. And the distance is pretty, it's a, it's a good distance too. (laughs) So I would say that's pretty much the big difference. Okay. So the, the 1500 miles and doing the same thing over and over again to get through that 1500 miles, you're saying that that is not a big, a mental grind or mental challenge as putting it all out and doing that, that one day ascent uh, to the top. I would say it's a different one mental grind. Okay. not the same at all. I thought it would be similar and I was really surprised. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't know. It really it was like if I would take all the the thoughts I had on the PCT and compress them in a really tiny short amount of time. Like I went to being like in awe of the sunrise to like being so exhausted. I was like I'm not going to make it to the top. And then I was like oh my God, I climbed higher than I've ever climbed before. And then I was like, I'm not to the summit yet, but I'm so tired. And then it was like this really big back and forth, but it was in such a small time frame. It was, it was exhausting. <laughs> okay. Bigger accomplishment in your mind, hiking 1500 um, miles or staying on top of Mount Rainier? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think like what's hard about the 1500 miles is that it's such a big number that it's hard to comprehend, even though you've hiked it. Like I still think about it and I'm like, how, how did I do that? But like, I remember the entire day on Rainier. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. (laughs) Um, I occasionally had those once in a while. Yeah. I mean, huh. I'm really proud of both. I would say they don't, there's not like one that wins over the other. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's a fair answer. I'll take that. That's a fair answer. Thanks. Okay. And, and then uh, this most recently you did the Colorado trail. Yes. That and one. How many miles is that? Uh, that one is, so there's like different numbers uh, depending on what uh, detour you take. So you have the collegiate East and the collegiate West. Um, so that like affects the mileage you do, but the official number of miles is like 487 miles. Um, but I ended up hiking like 500 miles because I did the collegiate West, which is a little longer than the East, uh, side. 
Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with the differences in between those two. I am not. Please tell okay. us. Okay. So <laughs> the Collegiate East is actually the official trail. So that's where um, the trail was officially built. And then I don't remember the year, but they the CDT passes on the Collegiate West. And they asked if the um, Colorado Trail Foundation could kind of like support the maintenance of the trail there. And it kind of eventually became like a other way through the Colorado Trail. Um, it's more, it's higher in elevation. You get pretty much the similar amount of elevation game on the east and the west, but you're always like above tree line, like uh, my background actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, and there's like a 13 miles more to the collegiate west, but it really is worth it. It's, it's my favorite section of the entire trail. It was so beautiful. Stunning, huh? Oh yeah. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was so rugged and exposed and you do like maybe three mountain passes in a day sometimes. And every time you get to the top of the pass, it's breathtaking how amazing the next bit of the trail is. Uh, so I really, really liked it. And uh, just going back to the PCT and your, mm -hmm. your time in the Sierras because of the high snow. And when you got there, were you able to do much of the Sierras or, or you, you had to end up bypassing most of that? Uh, I ended up bypassing it uh, mm -hmm. as a decision with my trail family and being injured. Also um, it was a sounder decision to just pass it. Sure. Um, the goal at the beginning was to go back and hike it, but for many different reasons, I did not make it there this that time but maybe one day. <laughs> got it. You've got to come back and you've got to do the John Muir trail. Yeah. I've heard so much about it. <laughs> it is it is spectacular. If you love Colorado, you're going to, you're going to love the John Muir trail. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. Now what, uh, what's on the horizon for Sonic? What, what uh, are your goals, upcoming trips, next adventures? Uh, so right now I'm in the, a big move. I'm actually moving across country. So I've been living my entire life in Quebec. And I'm actually moving as Monday to British Columbia to kind of start a new chapter of my life in the outdoors. Um, so that's my next close to like in time frames. It's like the closest adventure I have right now planned. Okay. Um, and why are you moving to British Columbia? Because <laughs> the mountains in Washington really uh, so <laughs> British Columbia and Washington are pretty similar as far as like mountain goes, um, like in the south part of British Columbia, at least. Mm -hmm. And I every time I'm in Washington, I feel like at home. Uh, the mountains there are where I feel the most at peace. And I was kind of tired of the little tiny mountains we have out here in Quebec. They're fun, but I've kind of seen seen them. So I wanted to be able to work somewhere that I feel like I'm home every day. So I'm moving to the mountains in BC instead. And yeah. what, what will you be doing in, in British Columbia? Is there a, a career or a job waiting for you there? No. <laughs> oh, you, it's, you're taking a leap. Yeah. So anybody wants to offer me a job, uh, I'm interested in trying out new things. <laughs> So my British Columbia listeners out there who have businesses, remember she can build yurts, she can change brakes, uh, she can she can teach people how to to snowboard and ski, and she can clean lakes. So a lot exactly. of big, big skill set there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all manual labor. I'm good. <laughs> 
So yeah, so I don't have anything lined up yet, but I would like to try the construction field. So I would like to do construction work. So um, I'm going to try that, try to figure out how to get a job in that field. Um, I really enjoy working physically. Uh, I think it's because of the hiking. I like being exhausted at the end of the day and it makes my life have a meaning when I like kind of am working physically. So yeah, I guess like construction work is hard if you <laughs> work hard. So. And when you're exhausted, the beer goes down easier. Oh yeah. Especially if it's cold. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, I, we've talked about um, backpacking. We've talked about mountaineering. You made reference to canoeing. What is this mm -hmm. about? What is this about bikepacking? Okay. So <laughs> on the Colorado trail, I had a very weird trail family that was composed of me, a friend from the PCT for a while. Uh, her name's Chaps. Um, and then I met a bike packer on the Colorado trail and I was so jealous of him every time he was going down the passes. I, I have like videos of him going down. I was like, this is so fun. That looks so fun. And we became really good friends. He actually came with me to Washington after the Colorado trail and we did a bunch of adventure. And I've always had like a really big interest in mountain biking. Um, I'm a road, uh, I do like road biking right now. Um, but I want to kind of explore the land differently. So for me, like biking is a way to be slower than a car, but faster than a hiker. So you can cover more ground in a shorter period of time. And I feel like it's just the logical next interesting challenge in my life. So I'm actually planning uh, two, two trails for next summer, uh, bikepacking. Yeah. So I've run into uh, a lot of people on the podcast that have obsessive personalities. I'm not saying you're obsessive, <laughs> but um, you seem you seem to grab onto something for a while and really explore it, like backpacking and yeah. mountaineering, and now bikepacking. And so I, I call them serial hobbyists. You find, you know, you, you find one thing and you go with it for a while and then you, you find something else and you go with that for a while. Is that, is that pretty accurate of you? Um, I think I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like trying a lot of things. I do like, I don't know, like every time I have like something that's offered to me, I don't like saying no. I like trying it first before making my mind. So I think I'm not finished with hiking. It's just that right now I don't have like any trails that are like exciting me particularly. Um, and then mountaineering is just really expensive. So <laughs> I have bigger plans for like in the next couple of years. But meanwhile, um, I'm like, I'm just going to try bikepacking. Maybe I'll like it, maybe not. But yeah, I would say I would, I try a lot of things. <laughs> now, do you have a bike? Uh, I do not have a bike right now. <laughs> So a little bit like the PCT, I'm moving to Squamish in British Columbia, and it's a really big uh, rock climbing and mountain biking mecca. So everybody there kind of do both sports. Uh, so I'm counting on that, on making friends this winter. That will show me how to mountain bike properly because I have a couple of months. <laughs> so just knowing the pattern here, I'm going to make a prediction. 
Yeah. That, you, know, <laughs> you, you worked in an REI like store prior to, to, to experiencing backpacking and, and kind mm-hmm. of doing your research there. I'm going to predict you're going to end up at some, some uh, bike shop, working at a bike shop. Maybe <laughs> I'll have to call you back in like two or three. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to figure out that if that's what happened. Yeah. That would be funny. I think it, I would probably like try to be a bike, bike tech more than like, uh, like Ch- changing stuff. brakes, changing brakes yeah. on the bike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> All right. And I know, I know you have a desire to, to make an impact on women out there who may be considering doing some crazy stuff like this, uh, for all the women who are listening in right now, what, what kind of message do you have for them? Um, I would say to always follow what your heart tells and not listen to people's, uh, opinion because they will try to, uh, put you down and kind of like not break your hopes and dreams, but people don't like women in the outdoors is pretty new. I feel like we don't hear about it. We hear about it more than we used to. Um, so people are still like kind of skeptical when we say that we're into mountaineering or into biking and even like in the gear, you still see it. Like it's mostly unisex or men's stuff. And I feel like we have to do it. We have to do it. We can't listen to those people's voice. We need to do what we think is the best. And even if it's hard, we need to keep pushing because that's how we're going to make the biggest impact and eventually have things that are made for us and it will be normal and it has so many good benefits for our health too, like mental and physical, but definitely do it. <laughs> Don't be scared. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we've covered a lot of ground, Sonic. We, we've been to a lot of places in this discussion here. Yeah. And I, wanna, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna do a top five list, if we could sum things up here. Um, okay. Of all your outdoor experiences, all of your outdoor adventures, can you, can you boil it down to top five moments in the outdoors for Sonic? Mm, like uh experiences that happen like yeah mm-hmm. okay uh your top, I f- your top five say... favorite moments okay so <laughs> my number one should i start by five first and then go to one your choice okay let's do it that way okay but then i don't know what number five is um hmm i feel like a lot of them would be like trail magic moments that i've had on trail okay. um I think that number five would be the first time I summited any kind of like bigger mountain in my life. So that would be uh, the in the Dix range in the Adirondacks in summer of 2018. That's when I really like fell in love in the entire like hiking thing. Uh, I remember being at the top of a mountain on South Dix and being like amazed of how tiny everything was and how big at the same time everything was and seeing in the distance really like everything was like so awesome um so that kind of like got me hooked so i would say that would be five um (laughs) this is hard then i would say hmm, i definitely know what number one is but then two three four um Number four would probably be the summer on the Colorado Trail. Uh, 
Yeah, there was a day, there was like a section that we did that was uh, at around 12,500 feet in altitude. And there was a really, really crazy thunderstorm that day. Um, I don't know if you can hear me properly. My computer's telling me that the audio quality yeah. can be. Yeah, keep going. You're doing fine. Okay. <laughs> so I got caught in a very, very bad thunderstorm um, at really high elevation. And I was really scared for my life. But somehow that was kind of like the best moment because it was also like, I felt so grateful when the storm finally passed that I was still alive. And it was beautiful because it had snowed. um, And all the mountains were like covered with like hail and snow. And it was like, pretty cool to see that I was able to go through that, uh, by myself alone and that's type two fun. <laughs> that's type oh, yeah. two fun. It's, I yeah. feel like, yeah, I feel like every single, a lot of my fi- top five would be type two fun, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, I would say would be in Washington. What is that? When I was on the PCT, I was in the rain for like five days and I had like amazing trail magic with they had a wood burning stove I was so wet and this this man was there with this lady they were like two trips different trail angel and they both planned on doing trail magic in the same same area and he had a wood wood burning stove he was making pancakes and hot dogs and she had a ukulele and she was playing music and it was so awesome another hiker had a ukulele and they played together everybody was singing um, that was definitely like an awesome moment. And then my second, um, top, my top two with the, after high, uh, getting to the top of Baden Powell, I got lost like two times I slid down the mountain. That was like a horrific experience. <laughs> at the end of the day, um, I was like, completely like destroyed mentally I was done and we got to the highway we had a three mile hike to do on the highway because of a detour for like a frog something area (laughs) so we had to uh hike on the road and it's always hard to hike on roads because it's first of all the just the ground isn't fun to hike on and it's just not fun at all and there was like trail magic at this like private ski resort and we got to this cabin in the middle of the woods and all our friends were there. Um, and they were all screaming our names and we had like kegs of beers and it was like just so insanely amazing. <laughs> it was like the best day from like worst time to the best time of my life. Um, and then I think my top one would be making to the, making it to the top of Rainier in nine, I made it in nine hours and 40 minutes and that was something that I was like really proud of myself it was just I didn't think I was gonna make it and then I did and it was like the best feeling ever so that would definitely be my top one that's fantastic you confirmed one of my theories that uh the best of moments often happen right after right after the toughest of times oh 100% I think all my good memories are are those (laughs) yeah Hey, Sonic, you know where we are? Sorry? Do you know where we are? No. (laughs) 
we're at that part of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What nugget of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Ooh, that's the one I said earlier, right? That's right. <laughs> I have to find a new one. <laughs> uh, what be my my pro tip? Um, I would say that. Um, hmm. I don't want to repeat the same thing because that's sad. Uh, I would suggest to people to leave for a trail with a very open heart and open mind and be willing to meet amazing people and maybe like stick to some people for like a longer conversation because you get to learn people so fast and sometimes you don't think you're going to become friends with someone and then you get really surprised by someone. So I think you should talk to people when you meet them and try to get to know them. That would be my pro tip. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Sonic. I want to thank her for joining us this week. Sonic, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures in British Columbia? Yeah, so I have a Instagram handle. Um, it's hike to be free, uh, all in one word. Um, and I post uh, landscape pictures and stories about my adventures on there. So that would pretty much be the place where you can find me. <laughs> okay, and why that? Why that Instagram handle, hike to be free? What what kind of meaning does that have for you? Uh, well, for me, hiking is my way to be free. That's how I am, who I am, like entirely. So hike to be free. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmirror at gmail.com. Sonic, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the outdoor adventures. Uh, what do you have for us? Mm, I would recommend, I would say like a YouTube channel. Is okay. that, does that work? That absolutely works. Okay. So I actually have two for you. Okay. And I'm looking them up right now because I want to make sure I pronounce the words properly. <laughs> uh, so one of them is um, someone that was part of my trail family. His name, um, his YouTube channel is Trail Dork. Uh, his trail name was Dignity. So he made a lot of like videos on the PCT about his experience and they're amazing. And then another YouTuber I would recommend would be um, Elena Osborne. She's from New Zealand. She also hiked in 2019. Tip tap. Um, exactly. Tip tap. And tip tap, tip tap was on the podcast as well. No way. Well, way. See, yeah, <laughs> you should definitely look, watch her videos. I, awesome. I'm just, I'm just talking to all your friends on the podcast. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. She has really good stories. You should, you should uh, look into dignity as well. His stuff is really cool too. Trail dork. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I will do that. Can I drop your name? Sure. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. He actually gave me my name, my trail name on the PCT. Oh, so. there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell me about? What did I miss? Ooh, what did you miss? Um, 
I think we cover like everything. Just pretend <laughs> we're, we're on, just pretend we're on the trail. We've we've known each other for like five minutes. Tell me your deepest darkest secret. My okay. Uh, no, you don't have to do that. My feet get really gross on trail. <laughs> That's a really gross detail. <laughs> okay. But gnarly. <laughs> gnarly feet. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Sonic? Uh, I would do a shout out to my entire PCT trail family. Um, the Fanny fam. Uh, it was a great trail family. And then to all my friends I made on the Colorado trail. Okay. You going to tell them about this episode? Tell them to listen in. Of course I will. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if your skill set for building yurts, changing brakes, and cleaning lakes has no application to through hiking. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.